shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Yes, for the samples, because seasonal allergies are no joke in the state of Tennessee. Or Kentucky, where I spend the summers at Hopetown. I spend most of the summer outdoors and could not function without allergy relief. Luckily, for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. You just described my exact state in waking up minus the need for coffee. (laughs) I've been taking Claritin D for my allergies for years, and it's been an absolute life changer. I can be outside with the kids at camp without my eyes watering like a fountain, and I can speak without feeling like a frog has jumped into my throat. But at Hopetown, a frog could jump into your boat or your bed, (laughs) and Claritin can't really help with that. That's true, but they've got allergies covered. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Hey friends, welcome to the Raising Boys and Girls podcast. I'm Sissy Goff. And I'm David Thomas. And I'm Melissa Trevathan. And we're so glad you joined us for this conversation. Let's dive in. Hey, David Thomas. Hey, Sissy Goff. We had a great conversation about who kids are in stage four recently, and I worry I kind of left the folks hanging there with some <laughs> you nice. You scare them a little. I think I did. I hope they ate ice cream but they after had that patches. episode. They did have patches, which makes everything better. Yes. And so we thought, you know what? We need to begin the follow up conversation of what they need with a voice that we love and trust. We're going to start with a place of hope. So we tell them what you're reading from? Yes, this is from our amazing, delightful friend, Kate Bowler, in her new book, Have a Beautiful, Terrible Day. And she specifically wanted us to share this with you. And we couldn't be more excited about this reminder. It's called For a Cluttered Mind, which every parent of an adolescent feels like their mind and home and all the things are cluttered. She starts off with Psalm 118.5 from the ESV that says, Out of my distress, I called on the Lord. The Lord answered me and set me free. Some days are like magnets. They accumulate clutter despite our best efforts. We try to move through the day, but now we're tripping over all that is still unsolved, unfinishable adolescence. And all our trying just seems to leave new errands behind as reminders of what's left to do. And so our minds, too, become cluttered spaces. Where are the clarity and the freedom necessary to be able to do what is important? The first things of the kingdom of God, they're under here somewhere. The familiar things I touch, my home, where even in the dark, every corner is known, the hidden messes, the signs of wear, the tasks still undone, I probably won't get to again. 
God, my brain is a junk drawer stuffed with every worry. Everything's in there. The people I'm really worried about, the world's disasters that seem to keep getting worse, the pile of tasks that are as yet undone, leftovers from yesterday's big projects, the half-assembled necessities for tomorrow. But nothing seems useful. Nothing will be essential for the needs of today. God, I need to get my head on straight. Have I woken up in the wrong movie? Maybe the script I'm in is way simpler than I thought. Oh, I see. The hero awakes, eats breakfast, and turns to the one thing necessary. The pause that connects her to her creator and the purpose for which she was made. For love, nothing else. Let's shut the drawer. And the reflection prompt says, Dealing with worries can be like playing whack-a-mole. They pop up one by one and demand action. Let's decide for a moment that instead of really getting in there, bam, 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 we will put down the mallet. I know we can do it. Short breath in, long breath out. Again, again, again. And now let's talk about adolescence. And now let's talk. You set the stage beautifully for some things I want to talk about. Last week when I was listening to you, I loved when you talked about the importance of kids having other voices, because that's the first thing I would say for boys. They need to hear from other peers who are moving in good directions. They need to hear from other healthy, trusted adult voices as well. So I believe so strongly in youth group, D group, young life, some kind of small group experience that's adult-led where he can come together with some other guys his age and they're moving in a helpful and healthy direction because he's going to get pulled in a lot of hard directions with peers. You know, there's a lot of truth to that age-old funny saying about, you know, once a group of boys come together, their collective IQ goes down. And so they just can come up with a lot of knucklehead things in those moments. And then I think the culture is speaking a lot of really harsh and harmful things to adolescent boys as well. So I want him to be hearing from trusted voices. He needs it desperately in this space. And, you know, I would even invite you as you're listening as a parent, think back on who those people were for you in high school. Like, I think sometimes it is a youth pastor or sometimes it's another friend's parents. I can remember really being dialed into some of my friend's parents Mm -hmm. too. And, and, Often, and we say this so much in our work, we say to parents all the time, like we are saying some of the exact same things you're saying, not not just similar, exact same things. And it will sound different just because we're a different voice. And the temptation, I think, in this space, I talk about the switching of the P's and the P's are parents and peers. And our voice as parents gets softer in stage four and the voice of his peers gets louder. And the temptation when we sense that our voice is getting softer is to talk more and talk louder, neither of which I think are helpful. I think it just invites him to tune us out. Mm. And I think what we want to be doing instead is just praying in and ushering in other healthy adult voices. And it's fascinating me to have sat with so many boys over the years who will say, you know, my youth pastor said, you know, my scout leader said, like, you know, my coach was talking about the other day. It's just fascinating how it lands on them and sticks, I think, because of how open their ears are, their minds are, their hearts are to those other voices. So I would say that first. I would say, secondly, 
they need a lot of mercy. You heard me say last week, he's going to be the worst version of himself in this stretch. This is the worst episode. 13 to 15 is the hardest stretch. And when he's in that space, we talked about it last week, it's going to be more clumsy than clean. He's going to fumble the ball more than carrying the ball down the field. And as that's happening, he's going to need us to remember and go back to that reminder again and again and again, like he's in the hardest stretch. Biological tsunami, emotional intensity, relational complexity, keep saying those things over and over as reminders. I even encouraged a family I was with recently to write down on a note card a verse that I love so much from Titus chapter three, verses four and five that says, when the kindness and love of God, our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of righteous things we've done, but because of his mercy. Mm. And I think there's a great roadmap right there for extending mercy in this way to a kid who's in a struggling place and thinking about that being the reality of how my father has dealt with me. God, my father, and thank goodness he didn't wait until I got it right to extend Mm -hmm. mercy. And so there's a great roadmap that could be a really helpful reminder in these harder stretches because what it will look like, you know, in a lot of different moments, we talked last week about how he's individuating and finding his own voice and becoming his own person. And as he is finding his voice, he is going to test drive a lot of really ridiculous ideas, which every (laughs) adolescent does. And Our experience, we've talked about this a lot over the years, is that often kids will camp out with the strongest ideas in a space where they know their parents feel the most passionate. Mm -hmm. And so I want you to really watch for that. And, you know, I think about a really funny example years ago, during a presidential election year, which as we record this, we're entering one right now, 2024. And it was happening. I went down to get this teenage boy, he was 15 at the time, walked into our waiting room and he and his mom were obviously in a really tense conversation. And he said, we're just talking about my cell phone and wondering if we could have this conversation with you in the room. And I looked at the mom and I said, would you want to do that? She said, oh, I would love for you to be in the room while we talk about this. It's not going, the conversation is not going great right now. And so we started to head up and this boy picked up his backpack, which was covered in bumper stickers and bumper stickers for a particular candidate that I know with great certainty his parents were not supportive, just knowing this family. (laughs) And I thought, that is so interesting. Um, And I did not remember this boy being so politically minded. And we got upstairs and he kind of started in right away about how they disagree about cell phone use. And his mom was just listening, doing a great job. And he said, you know, it's kind of like the election. You and I just don't see it the same way. And then he started in on kind of this political rant. And I remember it felt a little bit like whiplash. Like, how did we get from the cell phone to politics like that? And I looked over at his mom to see if she was experiencing whiplash. And her face was getting red. Her neck was getting red. And I could see her jaw (laughs) getting tied. And all of a sudden, she's like, stop it. Stop it right now. Stop talking about that. And I was like, okay, time out, time out. Hold up. I said a couple of things. And then I sent this boy out of the room and had a little time with his mom. And she said, David, he makes me want to lose my mind when he starts talking about politics. And I said, I can tell. (laughs) And she said, I have no idea where it's coming from. And I said, well, let's camp out there for a minute. Where do you think it's coming from? And we were able to have this really great and thoughtful conversation about this kid is in the throes of individuating. 
he's trying to form his own opinions, find his voice. And he had chosen this category, which again is one he knew his parents felt very passionate about and had gotten so loud. In fact, I would learn in that conversation, not only had he covered his backpack, but he had the night before waited until his parents got to bed, went into the garage. I don't even still know how he got this. And he had got one of those banner signs for this candidate. And he'd gone out in the dark and posted it in their front yeah. yard so that his dad would see it when he pulled out of the driveway. <laughs> and everyone <laughs> in the neighborhood. So they'd had, a, funny. <laughs> they'd had a lot of volume around this topic. And, and I said to her, you know, I, I'm convinced if I call him back up here right now that, and ask him some questions about his candidate's platform, I don't think he could articulate 60 mm -hmm. seconds because I don't think he knows. Mm -hmm. But I do think he knows how passionate you all are about it and that it has become a place to land on the opposite side of the fence, which adolescents will sometimes often do in those moments when they're finding their own voice in those clumsy ways. And I laughed with this mom, as you mentioned last week, and said, you know, at the end of the day, he can't even vote. It doesn't matter what <laughs> candidate he supports. And I wonder what it would look like, and you spoke to this wisdom too, if you just, every time he kind of launched into this platform, tell me more. Ooh. Clearly, you and I are on different sides of the fence on this one, but I want to understand more. What is it about this candidate's position that you feel so passionate about? I think asking those questions, using that wise phrase from our friend Kelly Corgan, is a great way to help kids find their voice and to watch what we see so often, which is those things tend to run their course, things mm -hmm. that they feel really passionate, really certain about. You know, think about it. Those of you listening right now, were there things you were really passionate about when you were 14, which you feel somewhat differently about right now? Yeah, lots for yes. me. David, I talk so often with anxious parents in my office and in classes about how hard they are trying and how much they want good for their kids. I love when you talk about how easy it is to cross over from vigilance into hypervigilance. It's so easy to do. Every parent I've ever met with wants their kids to be safe and protected. I love that one of our sponsors cares deeply about that and has made it super easy for parents to offer those things. I'm talking about Fabric by Grover Life. Getting term life insurance to protect your kids is one of the smartest financial decisions you can make. And the start of the new year is the perfect time to get it done so you can focus on whatever else the year has in store for you. Fabric by Gerber Life makes it simple to protect your family's financial future so you can focus on what's ahead, knowing your family is protected if something else unexpected happens. Fabric by Gerber Life was designed by parents for parents to help you get a high quality, surprisingly affordable term life insurance policy in less than 10 minutes. Fabric has flexible policies that fit your family and your budget with quality policies like a million dollars in coverage for less than a dollar a day. It's all online and on your schedule. No appointments, scheduling, or piles of paperwork. Just apply when it's convenient for you. You could go from start to covered in less than 10 minutes with no health exam required. There's no risk to apply. They have a 30-day money-back guarantee and you can cancel at any time. Fabric has partnered with Gerber Life, trusted by millions of families like yours for over 50 years. With over 1,800 five-star reviews, they're rated as excellent on Trustpilot. And Fabric has more than just life insurance. It's a one-stop shop that also has free digital wills, investment accounts that let you save for your kid's future, 
and you can manage your family's finances right from your phone so your family is prepared for anything. Join the thousands of parents who trust Fabric to protect their family. Apply today in just minutes at meetfabric.com slash rbg. That's meetfabric.com slash rbg. M-E-E-T fabric.com slash rbg. Policies issued by Western Southern Life Assurance Company, not available in certain states. Prices subject to underwriting and health questions. So what would you say for girls? What are they needing? I love that you're talking about that because I do think we talked about it in the Who They Are episode, but I, I do think in 30 years of doing this work, I've never felt like kids were as passionate, really as philanthropic as I believe they are now, and often in the opposite direction of parents, yeah. or often on issues that parents feel differently. And so one thing that is not really, maybe I'm doing my takeaway first, but one thing that I would really caution you about is I think when we do come down hard, when we do jump in with our opinion out of a place of a lot of panic, we shut down the conversation. Yes. And in fact, what we do is we don't just shut it down in the moment, but I think we remove ourselves from the conversation ongoing where they're not going to feel like we're a safe space to talk about what they feel or to talk about what they think. And, and again, they're going to change their minds. They're going to work that through. But it is so important. They need you in the conversation, whatever the conversation is about. And the more we listen, I think the more we earn the right to be able to speak back into it Yes. after we've listened. And so I love that thought of, Tell me more. And it's funny. I feel like it goes along with my two words for this age of what they need. And one would be opportunity and one would be capability. And and with opportunity, we talk a lot about being really strategic in increasing their privileges and responsibilities by increments. We believe their bedtime needs to be 30 minutes later with every year. Their curfew, once they start being able to go out at night, it needs to get a little bit later with every year of their life. They're Online privileges need to get a little bit wider. All of the things that we want to think strategically about how do we really gradually let the rope out as they're moving towards real independence and autonomy so that when they mess up and they will mess up, we can pull it right back in and then we let it right back out. Because number one, we want to prevent that phenomenon that a lot of us hit when we went to college or left the house that was whoo. I finally found freedom. And we honestly, we want to give them opportunities to mess up while they live under our roofs and we can help them work it through, whether that's technology. And again, we're going to really gradually let the rope out, whether it's technology, whatever it is. In any way, we want to help them work it through. And so how do we give them opportunity and strategically think about letting that rope out? I remember a mom, I still could describe to you exactly what was going on in the family when we had the conversation, but her saying to me, my daughter struggles so much with images, which I get. She was a junior in high school and she said, why would I ever let her watch PG-13 movies? And I I get it again. And she's going to be in college next year and she's not allowed to watch PG-13 movies. And so what does it look like to gradually expose them, let them 
enter into these worlds that feel scary with us around them as safe people. So thinking about opportunity, letting the rope out gradually, and knowing that they often rise to the level of trust we put in them. The amount of kids over the years who've said things like, well, I'm not drinking or doing any of that kind of stuff. And my curfew is earlier than all the kids who are. Mm -hmm. And I think, especially when your child's swimming upstream in those kind of ways, what does it look like to say, hey, I know you're working hard. You're making good decisions. And so I feel like you've earned a little more freedom. I think that makes them want to try that much harder in terms of being responsible. So that's one opportunity. And the second is capability. And one of my favorite things to do with kids who are seniors, sometimes even juniors, is to sit down with them and their parents and say, what do you want to learn to do before you go away? What are some things that you would like to take over? Because I think I want them to be doing their laundry senior year. I want them to be calling, scheduling doctor's appointments, counseling appointments. I have girls who are seniors in high school that are afraid to call and order pizza. They've got to be practicing all those things. But I think when we're saying you're about to graduate, you haven't learned any of these things, then it becomes a power struggle with them rather than saying to them, okay, you're going to be on your own next year and have a lot of things that are required of you that I don't think I've necessarily Anytime we can take it on us, it's better. I don't think I've necessarily done the best job teaching you. So let's talk about some things you want to learn to do. And then dads, you take her out and you help her learn to change her oil. Teach them what to do with a flat tire. I remember my sister went to a college that she called a lot of boys when she had a flat tire and there wasn't one boy who knew how to change a tire. Kids need to learn to do that. And not just because... I mean, I do believe there are a lot of life skills they need to learn to do, but also any of those things we're teaching them makes them feel more capable, which helps them feel more confident, which I believe really wards off anxiety. And so thinking about how can you be strategic in a way that it's really, it's not just independence, but it's life skills. The combination of independence and life skills, the juncture of those two things feels really important for us to come upon Mm. at this stage and help them navigate. So good, so needed. Do you have a takeaway? I do. I would say my takeaway would be, I want you to model regulation and civility. So that's good. I think about in Strong and Smart, the workbook I did for boys, I put the hand model of the brain, which we talk a lot about with kids. And I love developed by Dr. Dan Siegel and Dr. Tina Payne Bryson, who we also love. And helps kids develop more of an understanding of kind of what happens in our brains and bodies when emotions come into the equation. And even linking back to last week's takeaway with a code word or a cue, I have a mom who has two teenagers and (laughs) she told me that with her 14 year old daughter recently, she uses the hand model. She'll hold her hand up like kind of the stop sign signal and say, Oh, we can't talk right now, honey. Your amygdala is hanging out. We got to get that tucked in. And then we can finish the conversation. And that is that reminder for not just the girl, but the mom, like we both need to be regulating right now. We don't need to be talking. And so what does it look like for us to model that with these kids who have a lot of emotional intensity as we've been discussing? And then I think it sets the stage for us to model civility and those great questions we talked about, you know, tell me more. What is it about this candidate's platform you feel so passionate about? What is curfew for your friends? And let's look at that. But Knowing that I don't think kids instinctively know how to agree to disagree any more than they know how to ride a bike or swim in a pool like that has to be taught and they have to see that on 
the people around them. And we have an opportunity. And and in that opportunity, I think you and I've talked a lot about, I feel like less than ever kids are getting to see civility modeled on the grownups around them. And again, we're in a election year. There's a lot of opportunity there. We're going to disagree with people we care deeply about, people in our own families. And how can we say, you know, I see that different, but I sure care so much about you. I want to understand more of how you arrived at that position. So I want to challenge parents to model both those things. What's the takeaway for you? Okay, I'm going to get really practical. Please. I would imagine that you have heard the two of us talk about the Enneagram as a tool that we love. It's a tool. There's been some controversy around it, which makes us really sad because the bottom line is it's a tool. Just like the Myers-Briggs is a tool, just like Strengths Finders is a tool. Yes, there are a million of them out there. And we love it because it is nine types, which are really easy to remember. And we see kids take hold of it and love it. And I have this girl, I met with this girl this week, and and everything about our session was what I love about this age group. She, and in fact, it was funny, she told me she had been to see her school counselor and she said, you know, I have a hard time going to see her because she really talks more than I do in sessions. And and she said, I mean, I want to hear you talk. I want to hear what you think. And then she started talking and she, where she went in our 50-minute session was that she didn't have enough balance in her life. And she was placing her identity so much in friendships that she lost herself in the process. Mm. I said four words. She got there completely on her own. And she knows the Enneagram and she wove that back into why especially she struggles with it. And part of what we love about the Enneagram is it takes some of the sting out of, y'all have heard me say, when I get to a really bad place, I get kind of twitchy and bitchy, excuse me for my language. But I also believe most ones do. What do you say about yourself? I can't say it on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, but it's, but it's not close. Good. Yeah, it's the it male is. version of that, right? Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. But I don't feel as bad about myself, although I struggle there because I'm a woman, and and it helps me know directions I want to grow, and especially with girls, and and I think girls. In the, all over the history of time, have loved personality tests. So many of those magazines, I feel like when I was reading Seventeen Magazine as a kid, it was because it had some quiz that you took that you learned more about yourself. So they love those kinds of things. And it's an opportunity to enter into helping them develop intuition, helping them develop self-awareness, knowing where they can grow as they're moving towards launching. And so I would encourage you, so I will use either the road back to you because at the beginning of each chapter, it has 20 statements that you can have, everybody in your family can have a piece of paper and y'all can tally mark how many of those statements are true or the Enneagram made easy is kind of a funny approach to it. And then to look through the book and learn together, or even I have said to several people, I want you to find a conference, Suzanne Stabile, who is a dear friend of David. We love Yes, we do. Find somewhere she's teaching. Yes. Bless you. And I will tell moms and daughters to go to do that together for a weekend. What a cool getaway. So really, that's a very practical takeaway. But I think it would be great if I wish every girl in her family could do that before they leave. Me too. I want boys to do it too. I've had amazing conversations with teenage boys about it. 
And I would only add, because this is some of the controversy we have also experienced, it is an amazing tool for spiritual formation too. Yes. Amazing tool for that. Mm -hmm. So there are so many layers of benefit. I love that you threw that out there. Sissy, Henry told me about the rap rockets you made recently, and he told me I need to play with them the next time we are recording at your house. <laughs> Those rap rockets are all over my house. Patches was running around the house with one last night. <laughs> it is doubling as a kid's toy and a dog toy. <laughs> Everything in my house is doubling as a dog toy when you have a 12-week-old puppy around. I believe you. Guess where those rap rockets came from? Where? KiwiCo. How much do we love KiwiCo? I think I have as much KiwiCo in my house currently as I do groceries. I believe you with two boys five and under. Henry and I just ordered the veterinarian starter kit. I'm hoping it will jumpstart his career so I can get a discount on vet visits in the future. That is brilliant. Wit loves the push and go walker wagon. He and Patches are quite the parade around my house. I need to see that parade. <laughs> I just ordered the Port Builders kit too, and I think the boys are going to lose their minds. I would lose my mind with that activities. Each month, kids receive crates packed with engaging hands-on activities designed to introduce them to exciting science, technology, and art concepts. There's always something new for kids to discover, like engineering robots or learning about the science of ice cream. I would love to know more about the science of ice cream. With nine monthly programs to choose from, KiwiCo has something for kids of all ages, ranging from infants and preschoolers to teens and beyond. Discover real science, technology, engineering, art, and math concepts through fun, hands-on projects delivered to your door every month. Each crate is designed by real experts and tested by kids to ensure that every experience is age-appropriate, engaging, and seriously fun. Crates come with everything needed for kids to build, including materials and instructions. You'll be surprised at how high quality the materials are too. It can be hard to find creative ways to keep your children engaged, challenged, and off their screens. KiwiCo does the legwork for you so you can spend quality time tackling projects together. There's no commitment, so you can pause or cancel anytime. Cultivate your child's natural curiosity while encouraging them to be an innovator and creative thinker. They'll explore new worlds and rediscover familiar ones without leaving home. Give them the tools to learn new skills, build new experiences, and make new connections to the broader world. From discovering the science of magic to engineering a domino machine and more. The best part? watching their creative confidence grow as they tackle different challenges. The moment of pride and accomplishment at the end of a KiwiCo project sparks creative confidence for ongoing tinkering and experimentation. Redefine learning with play. Explore projects that build confidence and problem-solving skills with KiwiCo. Get 50% off your first month on any crate line at KiwiCo.com with promo code RBG. That's 50% off your first month at kiwico.com, promo code RBG. Okay. Well, you guys, we're so in it with you. We are. So grateful for you. And we're going to end this episode with one of our favorite trusted voices, Melissa is going to offer some wisdom and some timeless truths. I always love what David and Sissy have to share, and I always learn from what they share. But I want to talk about 
two of the truths that they shared that really have to do with what is the spiritual need of a stage four teenager. David talked about how the voices of parents become quieter and the voices of peers become louder. And I think that Daystar really began uh, years ago, almost 40 years ago, with that in mind. How we talked about how kids impact kids, how they listen to each other. We talked so much about Proverbs 18.21, about how words can give life, or they can be poison. They can be poison or fruit, and that we can choose. And this is something that we have shared with kids and that they start again is really built on that kids impact kids, that kids make a difference. And so through the years, through the last 40 something years, kids have been the ones to offer so often truth to each other. Uh, we have great counselors. We have such a good staff and our interns here. But there is nothing like one teenager encouraging, sharing truth, even confronting another, another teenager. That connection, without the fear of being judged, without the fear of being insulted, having a safe place, which is always our hope here at Daystar, is to be a safe place. They make such impact with each other. So the thing that David was talking about, how the voices of parents can become quieter and the peers become louder, can be something really good and is something so natural developmentally. The second thing that I want to talk about is Sissy talked about the Enneagram and the use of the Enneagram. And this has been something so important, again, with these teenagers to begin to look at themselves and how they impact each other. It has been so fun, so exciting to lead them through the Enneagram and uh, just the statements that may describe what their personality is like and how people may impact them. So bearing in mind those two things, my statement today is to say what these kids in stage four need spiritually, what they need are friends. A few weeks ago, I went uh, to church and I had with me three, three young men, two who were seniors in high school, one who was a junior, and uh, uh, I loved being there with those three guys. And after uh, after the service, we were in the car getting ready to uh, to leave and to go eat. I asked a question that I ask a lot. So guys, uh, tell me what you need right now. And after them discussing, uh, what are you talking about? Do you mean spiritually what do we need since we've just been to church? Or are you talking about like I need a girlfriend? Or are you talking about that we're hungry and we need to eat? And I said, whatever whatever you want to talk about. When I say that, what do you think about? What do you need? And we had a conversation that uh, so often happens because of the longing that each one of them have and have had for several years now, a longing to connect. The first young man said, I, I just need a, 
like a like a mentor, somebody I can really trust, somebody older that can help me on how to understand things, that can that I can feel free to ask questions to, and that I won't be criticized or that I won't be just well. I just really want somebody to pour into my life. And the second young man said, I just need friends. I need friends that I can talk to. Friends that I can say anything to them. Friends that we can laugh with, but then we can get really, really serious with. Just friends I can count on. And then the third young man said, yeah, well, I need a friend. I just need just one friend I can really trust that'll listen to me and that I can talk to and talk to and talk to and they won't look bored, that they'll understand and that they'll encourage me. Each one of these guys, in a little different way, were expressing the longing. They were talking about their loneliness, their anxiety even. They were speaking of how they wanted to connect with somebody, that they wanted a group. They wanted some friends to trust, to support, to be loyal, to understand, encourage, all of that that we know, that we also are made for. I think that uh, there's a scripture in uh, Proverbs 27, 9 that talks about uh, how sweet friendship refreshes the soul. There is a sweetness there. Oh, it tastes good. Oh, taste and see the Lord is good as he is our friend, as we need friends. In that same chapter, verse 17 says, you steal to sharpen steel. One friend sharpens another. How iron sharpens iron. And these guys were expressing, I, I need, I need a mentor. I need some friends. I need a friend. Oh, that would feel so good and be so sweet. Oh, I need somebody to sharpen me. The scriptures talk so much about friends and friendship. And uh, I could go on and on and on. And early this morning as I was looking at this, I, I just personally get so excited about it. But I need to focus in on two or three things that I think are really important when we're talking about what kids need. Dan Allender shared with me, oh, several years ago about a friend is one who you share purpose with. And when I think about these kids and I visualize them on a mission and whether that mission is they are having to paddle back a boat that has run out of gas and they are working together. Or they are on a mission trip and they share the purpose of giving and helping and loving other people. Sharing purpose, sharing that God can use me is so very, very important. A shared purpose can be very simple. And the depth of that purpose is that God has chosen you.
As Jesus says in John 15, I have chosen you. I choose you. You haven't chosen me. I choose you. And when I see kids come to life and have passion because they have shared a very simple purpose, and again, it may be cooking a meal, or it can be something as deep as sitting down and praying with someone, or being there when someone's grieving, sharing purpose that my life counts. My life can make a difference. It's so very important. And another one that I feel like we see so much here at Daystar, it's to share conversations, that deeper talk. And and we, we know that it is fun to talk about uh, Oh, uh, what happened today at school? Or, uh, or to talk about sports and to talk about what you're going to wear and what the weather is like. And there's so many things that are just fun to talk about. And friends talk about those. But there's nothing like having a deeper talk. So often what kids are thankful for when we have that time each night at camp will be a conversation they had. Oh, they'll say, oh, we just had the best talk. And you can tell that their heads are a little higher and they're smiling because they connected to someone. But there's times when we feel like we're all alone. Loneliness is so huge today. I know we talk a lot about anxiety, but loneliness is there too. That I, I see and talk to so many kids that have a lot of friends, but not friends that they feel like that they can really go deeper with. In those times, we will always go back to John 15, starting in verse 11, where I'm telling you these things so that you might have joy. And he talks about love one another. Put your life on the line for your friends. And then he says, the verse that I love so much, I no longer, no longer call you servants. You are friend. I love you. My grandmother loved to sit around and sing hymns. And one that she would sing over and over again is what a friend we have in Jesus. And I know one of the verses was, can we find a friend so faithful? Who will all our sorrows share. My grandmother knew and rested in the love of Jesus. She experienced being chosen by him. A few years ago, I was walking the cemetery in my hometown of Murray, Kentucky, and I walked by where my grandmother uh, has been buried. And on the headstone, it's her name and the dates, and then these words, whom the Lord loveth. And I looked at that and I thought, I don't really remember seeing that before. Whom the Lord loveth. And my first response was, oh, grandmother, that sounds a little arrogant. And then later on, as I was thinking about it and talking to my mom and my aunt, and I said, who put that on grandmother's headstone? 
They said, well, she did, I guess. Well, I don't know. We hadn't really thought about it. Uh, she chose what she wanted to have on her headstone, whom the Lord loveth. And I remember to this day that her best friend, her friend was Jesus. And she knew and had a confidence that he said, I choose you. And oh, Jesus, he walks with us. And he talks with us. He is our friend. And when you feel alone, or you feel anxiety, or you feel depressed, or you just feel bored, Jesus, knowing Jesus as your friend is what will last and who will last forever. He will never let you down. He will always be there for you. Did you love today's episode? If so, would you mind sharing it with a friend? Send a quick text or email with the link to the show. Join us next time for another episode where we'll bring you help and hope on your journey of raising boys and girls. 